If a Christian doesn't pray about heaven, that's a remarkable lack. Who ever heard of exiles not thinking about home? Now, I said, that's exactly what the rosary is. We are in a new moment of time and a new moment of space. So we keep saying to our Lord and to the Blessed Mother, I love you, I love you. That's the Holy Rosary. That's the Catholic faith. The whole Catholic faith is in it. Well, I want to welcome you all to another Daily Decade, your Rosary on the Road. We're back on the road again this Monday, and we're starting into the third uh, set of mysteries, the third glorious, the third joyful, and the third sorrowful. Today's the third joyful. As we uh, continue, and if you've been listening in, you know that uh, on the past two Mondays, the joyful mysteries, we've got kind of a running theme of the way that the history of salvation prior to the coming of Christ lines up really nicely with the history of salvation with the coming of Christ. You have these moments of prefigurement that show up in the scriptures as you go through and they show up again uh, with the, in, and they happen, to sh they happen to show up again in these mysteries. Um, now there are elements of the mysteries that are sort of understated, uh, but uh, nevertheless manifest these elements of Israel's journey uh, as we, just as the, the new Israel is emerging body of Christ being the, being the church and the new Israel. Today we've got a prayer from LGG, and he's been waiting an awful long time for this one. We're praying for his grandmother's good health, and uh, that's, this was submitted uh, actually last year. It's one of the uh, last of the uh, two, 2022 uh, prayer requests before we start getting into the 2023 prayer requests. That's it's, what a wonderful problem to have. I've got so many prayer requests that I've actually I've actually backlogged from last year, uh, the end of last year since it's from November. Uh, but uh, he'd like us to pray uh, for her, and so we shall. And if you have any prayer requests, I encourage you to write them in to daily requests at protonmail.com or proton.me. That's daily requests, D-E-C-A-D-E, -E, requests in the plural at proton.m for Michael, E for Elizabeth. Or you can uh, comment on Telegram. You can <clears throat> find me on there. I'm on Gab. I'm on the Fediverse on the post instance. That's P-O-A dot S-T. And on all of those places at anywhere that I am going to be, you will find me at the Daily Decade. I'm an, uh, the uh, page on Odyssey is also at the Daily Decade, although I haven't updated there because I wasn't really getting the, the, the draw. Uh, that I was that I was hoping for, and uh, you know it, it's just an extra video to upload where everybody who wants to listen to me can listen to me on the RSS feed anyway. So it didn't seem like I there was much of a point there. Now, if you disagree with me and you think there is a point, write into that email address uh, or comment on one of those other places and let me know, and uh, I'll give Odyssey another shot. I had thought about going on YouTube, but uh, <clears throat> considering that the powers that be are not particularly friendly to what I'm trying to accomplish here. I highly doubt I would last very long, and I certainly wouldn't be able to monetize. So, 
Uh, it doesn't seem like much of a. It doesn't seem like it's worth much. Uh, and Odyssey, again, like I said, I wasn't getting the draw, so it doesn't seem worth the uh, worth the extra effort to get these things uploaded three times a week, uh, especially when you know you can you can get me all ready from where I'm at. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's another one of those cold, damp mornings, and it's uh, damp mornings. That's messing around with my throat here. <clears throat> Excuse me. There we are. It's been raining here a lot recently, and that messes around with the sinuses and the, all of that. Hopefully I won't be coughing all the way through or trying to clear my throat as we're praying. I'm actually trying to... <laughs> I'm almost, I'm almost buying time trying to clear everything out before we get into the rosary. I think I've succeeded. Now then, I've got all that uh, said and done, all the housekeeping. Don't forget to visit the website, praytherosaryeveryday.wordpress.com. Uh, and I think that really covers all the housekeeping. So let's just put aside all the other stuff and, uh, and pray for, uh, for LGG's uh, grandmother here. Uh, go ahead and Get your rosaries out. We'll place ourselves in the presence of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who by the Holy Ghost was conceived, was born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. For an increase in faith, hope, and charity, hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, <clears throat> now and at the hour of our death. Amen. <clears throat> Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The third joyful mystery is the Nativity of our Lord and Savior. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen.
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping from this veil of tears. Turn then, O gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy unto us, and after this our exile, shew unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ, let us pray. O God, who didst deign to send thine only begotten Son, who by his life, death, and resurrection didst purchase for us the rewards of eternal life, look with favor on us, that meditating on the sacred mysteries of the most holy rosary of the Blessed Virgin Mary, we may imitate what they contain and obtain what they promise. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Luke, Evangelist, Physician, we humbly beg thy intercession on behalf of this handmaiden of God, the grandmother of LGG, that whatever health problems, whatever weakening of the body she may experience, 
may be healed perfectly in God's love by that great physician. And more importantly, that whatever wounds or whatever sickness may lay upon her soul will be healed with the same perfection, that she may, in the fullness of her time, come before the throne as a good and faithful handmaiden of her Lord and God, and meet that reward for which we all hope. In the, and we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, who is God, and livest and reignest with the Father and the Holy Ghost, one God, world without end. Amen. For all of us, in all our frailties, our weaknesses, our sicknesses of soul and body, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, thy kingdom come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's something that we often don't think about, these attributes of certain saints. We, we think of St. Luke as a physician, or as an uh, evangelist, excuse me. Oh, I, 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 I messed that one up, didn't I? I was, I was burying the lead, and then I just pulled it right out. Uh, we think of St. Luke as primarily an evangelist. And sometimes it gets lost in our understanding that he was also a physician. And he's not the only saint that has this kind of thing where there is um, some attribute of the saint that has been lost or forgotten over time. People have neglected it or it just never became a major part of that saint's cultus. Or that it was a part of the saint's cultus and it was lost along the way. Nowadays, if someone thinks of St. Thomas Aquinas, they're uh, inclined probably to think of the Summa uh, or you know the great contributions to theology and philosophy you know, that quote of his God, the philosophy is the handmaiden of theology uh, something along those lines you know he's, he's someone of great learning if you're a bit more grug-brained about your religion you don't pay a whole lot of attention to him uh, if you're uh, very well studied and even pretentious you quote him constantly uh, and everyone has their own view of him, but it's almost always surrounding his scholarship. Now, I happen to hold a very high opinion of St. Thomas. Uh, I think he's... Uh, and I'm not alone in that. There's no one less than uh, Pope Leo XIII said that he was declared that he was the most excellent expression of the Catholic faith. And in essence, if you read it in St. Thomas, that's what the church teaches, basically, uh, is, the, uh, is, is the gist of that particular encyclical. Uh, so if you like St. Thomas, you're in good company. But very few people think about his other attributes. St. Thomas is also uh, particularly well known for the angelic chord he was, uh, the story goes, as a young man, and was, I have no reason to doubt the story is true. It's just usually told as one of those sorts of pious legends, you know. As a young man, he was assaulted by uh, the sins, uh, the tem not the sins, but the temptations 
uh, to which young men are typically subject, uh, especially young men who are about to give up the world and all hopes of a family. And he prayed very earnestly and was uh, rewarded with a vision of angels uh, who presented him with a, uh, a cord, a, uh, um, a, uh, a, a length of rope uh, with 15 knots in it uh, that, was to, that were, they tied about his waist as a sort of armor of protection. And this gave rise to the confraternity of the angelic cord which is uh, something that, once again, many people don't know about, but it's one of those things uh, for people that are either uh, that either know someone who's struggling with impurity or is struggling with impurity uh, themselves, uh, sins of that nature, temptations of that nature. The uh, uh, confraternity of the angelic cord is uh, a place where uh, they, such people usually go for, uh, for healing. The... Uh, the cord has 15 Hail Marys, or 15 knots in it, so 15 Hail Marys prayed every day, uh, and it is a protection against impurity, not to be used in a superstitious manner, you understand. It's not like, it's not a, it doesn't put up a force field around you, but rather it's a, a discipline, a regimen of living that attaches itself to it. Now, why do I bring that up? Only because it's something of uh, interest. Uh, it's, it, it demonstrates how many things that saints, even very famous saints, are known for that have been, well, lost to us today. And so it's a point of encouragement to go look into the saints, even the saints that you know very well, let alone the saints you don't know very well at all, but look into the saints that you know very well. You're guaranteed to find something that that particular saint was associated with that has now been lost. The angelic cord being just one example of this associated with St. Thomas, someone who we don't generally think of as being associated with struggles against impurity uh, or really anything other than scholarship. But there it is, and he's not alone. And so St. Luke, likewise, we think of him as an evangelist. But St. Luke was a physician before he uh, became a disciple of St. Paul, and he remained both a physician and an artist uh, after his conversion. And St. Luke is credited with having painted the first icons. Now, I know anybody who's in the East, in the Eastern Catholics or Orthodox that are listening, are going to cringe at that. The, the, the icons are written, they're not painted. I, I, I know that the strict theological language is that icons are written, they're not painted because they're supposed to be tellings of the gospel. But uh, when the man has paintbrush in hand, I think it's safe to say that he painted the first three icons. Uh, and he, and he's, he's famous. Uh, he, he, was, he was well known and regarded for that in the universal church. And now we think of him chiefly as an evangelist. Very rarely is he portrayed in the West with the uh, icon of the Blessed Mother holding the baby Jesus, uh, which was supposed to be his first, his first work and the first icon uh, made by human hands. There's also an icon of Christ, quote, not made by hands. That's actually the name of the icon, uh, and that's the uh, the Mandion. I think I forget whether it's Mandion or Mandillion. It's, uh, but it's it's the napkin, the uh, the the the. the sheet that Christ presses against his face and sends to the king of Edessa. And there's another one, of course, not made by hands. That's uh, St. Veronica's veil, which 
which I believe is kept in Venice or Milan. I can't remember which one. But anyway, uh, the first icons made by human hands would have been those by St. Luke. And I believe one of them is supposed to be preserved. I think it's Our Lady of Czestowa. I, I can't pronounce Polish names, but um, Czestowa, is that it? Uh, that is supposed, I believe the history behind that one is that it's supposed to be the original painted by St. Luke on the table that was used at the Last Supper in the upper room. Anyway, little bits and pieces that you may not know about. Uh, but that certainly in, enliven the faith. Completely irrelevant to what I wanted to reflect on today, which is the, fir- the third joyful mystery, the Nativity of our Lord. Although I guess it is related because there are hidden depths there as well. The, our Lord is born in poverty because compared to what he is, what we are is poverty writ large. He is laid in a manger in a uh, cave that was used for the keeping of animals, usually portrayed born between an ox and an ass. Uh, And this is, uh, there are so many prefigurements of it because it's the coming of the Messiah, which is the whole point of our religion uh, up to that point. Uh, I say our religion because we're talking about the Christianity, the sort of... uh, incipient Christianity of the ancient Hebrews because Christ says before Abraham was I am amen I say to you Abraham rejoiced to see my day so we know that Abraham was a Christian (laughs) he he expected Christ he waited for him Uh, he knew that he was coming believed in him Abraham was a Christian uh, righteous David was a Christian Uh, all these all these great uh, prophets, all the great biblical figures, they were all Christians. And we should think of them as Christians and accept them as our patrimony, because they are. They belong to us as Christians. It's a very important thing to keep that in mind. And when our Lord comes, he fulfills numerous scriptural passages to demonstrate. I think it's something to the order of 142 uh, passages from the Old Testament are fulfilled, prophecies from the Old Testament are fulfilled by Christ in the course of the four Gospels. So he, he does this. But before he does that, he fulfills certain prefigurements that are not written prophecies, but rather lived prophecies. Uh, and the, the first of these would be Uh, the birth of Moses, the deliverer of his people that would lead them through the desert of sin. It's literally a place. This is actually a place, the desert of sin uh, in Sinai, would lead them through that and to the promised land. They should pass through water on their way. The prefigurements are quite obvious when you think about it a little bit. Uh, So... Christ, and then we have, so Christ here, as we have uh, the call of Abraham and the the free woman and the bond woman with the Blessed Virgin Mary and St. Elizabeth and the the breaking of those shackles on St. Elizabeth and St. John the Baptist, Uh, and just as you have the, the, the new Eve, this parallel between the Blessed Mother and our first mother of all humanity 
know, both visited by an angel, both uh, listening to the, the angel, and one having the wisdom to test and prove, and the other not having that wisdom, but giving it to her own uh, selfishness. Now here, Christ born, laid in straw, in a manger, which is a kind of trough, if you don't know, where animals are fed from. I guess I should say from which animals are fed. Just as Moses laid in a basket of straw and set afloat on the river. Why? Because they seek his life. Christ flees to Egypt because they seek his life. And he returns. I have called my son out of Egypt, is the scriptural passage, I believe, quoted in St. Matthew. When Christ returns from Egypt, out of Egypt have I called my son. That's what the scriptural passage is that ties to that. As Moses is called out of the land of Midian, back to Egypt to free the people, Christ is called to this Egypt that we live in, this world of sin that we are surrounded in, the slavery of sin, the bonds of which are broken by holy baptism and the, and the Catholic Church. Uh, Christ is called to be our deliverer. Now, of course, he does the calling as well. That's sort of the great mystery of it. Is he is both the called and the one doing the calling because he's God. But nevertheless, Moses is there and Christ follows a path very much in line with the deliverance of the people, the Hebrew people, out of Egypt. We understand that, he, and he's adopted, this is the other thing, I meant to say, I meant to say this too, he, and he's adopted by a member of the royal household of Egypt. He is adopted by the daughter of Pharaoh. Now, Pharaoh, in the, in the, the Exodus story is, this is important, Pharaoh is left unnamed. And that's deliberate on the part of Moses when he wrote that book. That it, he knew who Pharaoh was, he knew exactly who he was, he, he lived with him. Of course he knows who he is. But he deliberately did not say anything. He deliberately did not name him. He just called him Pharaoh when he wrote the book. Why? Well, because Pharaoh is more than just Pharaoh. Pharaoh is the tendency in all of us towards worldliness. Pharaoh is the attachment to this world. And just as Moses is adopted into the household of Pharaoh, so too Christ is adopted into the world by a human parent. Now, the Blessed Mother, of course, is specifically chosen for this task, but St. Joseph is, uh, and the Blessed Mother is prepared for this task, I should say, but St. Joseph isn't. St. Joseph lives a virtuous life, but he is not specifically prepared for the task in the way that the Blessed Mother was. Rather, St. Joseph is very much of the world. He is, he's, he's a holy man. He is incredibly faithful to the letter of the law, uh, very considerate of his religion. But nevertheless, he is a worker. He's a tradesman. 
Uh, he is tied very much to the concerns of this world. As a, uh, He would have worked as what I guess the equivalent would be a small business owner today because that's essentially what he was. It's not quite how things were done back then, but that's more or less what he was. And so he was very much a man who was uh, in the world, very in the world, but not of it. Pharaoh is... Uh, the household of Pharaoh are the people that are both in the world and of the world. Moses is adopted into that household and must flee from that household. Christ does not flee from the household. He takes it with him when they go into Egypt. And so this, just like you have the new Eve, this, this new Moses that Jesus is in this case, improves upon the original goes into Egypt, comes back and delivers his people by passing through the water of baptism, the Red Sea, parts the waters of the Red Sea, that the people may walk upon the dry land to their salvation. And likewise, Christ you know, orders his disciples to baptize so that we all pass through the water from this land of sin that we were in to the land promised to us. And we will, if we are unfaithful, if we betray him, we will die in the desert and not be permitted to enter the promised land. But if we are faithful to him and uh, do as he says and believe as he says, then we will enter into the promised land. And in Moses' case, not even Moses made it into the promised land. He doubted when he struck the rock. But Joshua and Caleb did. And from the line of Joshua, who is it the line of Joshua or the line of Caleb? It's one of the two. I think Caleb is the one that marries Rahab. So it's from that line that Christ himself is descent. And in fact, the, the name Jesus is related etymologically to the name Joshua. This Yeshua stuff is all largely made up by modern scholars. But uh, nevertheless, there is an etymological link between the two. And so you have Christ becoming his own successor in a way. He's both Moses and Joshua leading the people into the promised land. And he becomes Joshua through death. He leads his people, he leads the, the disciples who become the apostles uh, through his death. And the entry into the promised land had, takes place after the death of Christ on the cross and his resurrection. And when he resurrects, he becomes Joshua and leads us all into the heavenly kingdom himself at the head of the column. He's the first one in there and we follow behind him. And so the nativity is this moment in which we become who we are, just as the, the exodus is the moment in which the Hebrew people really become the Hebrew people and not just the clan of Israel, Jacob Israel. They really are a people, a holy people, a holy nation, a priestly people, as uh, St. Peter calls us in the, I think it's his first epistle. No, is it the, is it the first? It might be Hebrews now that I'm thinking about it. But the prayer, wherever it is found, my prayer today is that we all live up to that title, that calling, that we should be to God a holy nation, a priestly people, that we may fulfill those things that are laid in front of us by our leader, our Christ. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The moon is the symbol of Our Lady. The moon is for those in darkness. And I think in a special way for sinners. So that if we but look to her, who is the moon, and derives all light from the sun, they would never fall into an abyss. Now this is the rosary.